please pray with me. Lord God, hide me behind your cross. Let your words be proclaimed and your words be received. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I remember it vividly, hanging on my kindergarten classroom wall, the gilded frame with the picture of Jesus standing on a mountain with his arms stretched outward toward his disciples, and in a fancy scrolled text, the words underneath the picture said, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I remember every day of kindergarten looking at that picture. I was intrigued by Jesus' robe and his red cloak. And I remember the sky was filled with silver and white clouds with beams of sunshine breaking through. And I loved that picture. And I loved the words. They said that Jesus was with me, little me, little kindergarten Anna. At such a young age, something about that image and about those powerful words caught my imagination and made a great impression upon me. That is until second grade. In second grade, we had a missionary come and speak to our class. And it was very impressive because we had all saved our pennies in little church-shaped boxes during Lent that year. And we sent off our pennies to help this missionary and his family. And I was very excited to meet him and to hear about his great adventures. And so he talked to us about Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And he told us just what Max said to us. It's often called the Great Commission. And it was often used to talk about sharing the gospel. And he told us that these words were very important because they were Jesus' last words on earth before going to prepare a place for us in heaven. He read the scripture and I heard Jesus' words, go and make disciples, la la la. And then I heard my familiar words, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What? I remember feeling very confused. Jesus said he would be with them always. I knew that was true because I remembered the picture from kindergarten. And I remember those words that I took great comfort in and that told me that Jesus was always with me. So how could it be true if Jesus was leaving and going so far away? I am thankful because I was raised by two faithful servants of God, and I was brought up in faith at a Christian school and in many faithful church families that helped me to understand that Jesus is with me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I am grateful for that image of that painting from so long ago that I see every time I read or hear that scripture. And I am profoundly grateful for these words of Jesus Christ. You see, the Gospel of Matthew is a favorite for me. And maybe it's because I really like the musical Godspell. And there's a lot of quotes from that book, from that Gospel in the book. But it's also beautifully written. I talk about the Greek a lot, and I'm sorry, but I'm that kind of a nerd. Um, but the Greek written in the book of Matthew is beautiful. It's beautifully written. 
And I love to read the many stories. It's in Matthew that we have the Sermon on the Mount. We have many parables, healings, and miracles of Jesus. And I also love that the book of Matthew begins in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 23, by saying that Jesus is to be named Emmanuel, God with us. That's how we begin in the book of Matthew. And we end in the book of Matthew with Jesus' promise that he will remain Emmanuel, God with us, even to the very end. And the Greek is awesome here in the sentence. It literally says, it's very extravagant. It says, I am with you all of the days until all of time is over. I mean, Jesus is making a point here. I am going to be with you forever and ever and ever until there are no more days, no more hours, no more seconds left. I will be with you until all of time is over. What a beautiful promise, don't you think? But the tension I felt in second grade is still there when I read this passage. And it's not because of the promise, because I've reconciled to that. I understand that Jesus is with me through the power of the Holy Spirit. But the tension I feel now is with the task that Jesus lays before us before he gives us this promise. Jesus said, go. Go and make disciples. The Greek here is one word. It's not go make disciples. It's not two words, make disciples, but it's one word all smushed together, and we don't have an English word that really translates well. So it, it means something like discipleize. It means to create disciples or create apprentices of Jesus. Now, you know what an apprentice is. Apprentices walk closely with their masters. They work beside their masters and follow their lead. They practice their ways. They listen to their teaching. and They learn how to work and live and do like their masters work and live and do. Jesus said to his disciples, you are my apprentices. Now go and make more apprentices. But I feel tension here because throughout my life, I've chosen to interpret this passage differently. I have chosen to say that Jesus is asking me to live my faith. I've held closely to another passage in Matthew, which says, let your light shine before others so that they will see your light and give glory to God in heaven. And there is nothing wrong with holding on to that verse. It's a beautiful verse. But there is something wrong with using that verse to shape today's passage into something that is easier to swallow. By holding tighter to one verse, I'm in danger of losing Jesus' command to go and discipleize. I don't want to, dare I even say the word, evangelize. I don't feel comfortable sharing the gospel with the guy next door or the lady at the grocery store counter. And you'd think it would be. I'm a pastor. I mean, it's kind of like an occupational hazard. <laughs> but, but I'm not comfortable doing that. 
Because growing up, I was told, after all, that we don't discuss politics and religion in polite company. Yet Jesus said to discipleize, to make apprentices. Some of that can be done by acting like Jesus. In fact, as the epistle James reminds us, faith without works is dead. But at some point, something more than action is needed to make apprentices of Jesus. James 2, in the message translation, which I like to turn to every now and again because it says familiar words in unfamiliar ways. It's very um, faithful to the Greek, to the biblical Greek, but it's in modern language. And so I like to turn to it as a study tool. And in James 2, in the message translation, Eugene Peterson writes it like this. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup? Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? And now the passage goes on. I want you to hear this part. James says, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith in the talk department, and I'll handle the works department. Not so fast, it says. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. Oh, Pastor Anna, you may be thinking, I don't know enough about the Bible to go and make disciples. I can do good things in the name of Jesus, but I cannot talk about the gospel I did not go to seminary like Pastor Anna and Pastor Max. I am not an expert. Well, I need to let you know two very important truths. The first, and I think Max will back me up on this, going to seminary and earning a Master of Divinity degree does not make you a Master of the Divine. (laughs) It only gives you practice and asking hard questions and seeking the truth in scripture. The second thing I want to let you in on is that you are an expert. You are an expert on your own experience with Jesus Christ. No one else knows better than you your faith story. You know how Jesus walked with you through difficulties. You know how Jesus changed your life when you turned to him and prayed for the first time. You know how your daily walk with Jesus has made a difference in your life. You are an expert in that. You can tell others about that. Evangelism, making disciples, discipleizing, making apprentices of Jesus Christ is all about sharing your experience with Jesus and then inviting others to experience how Jesus might change their own lives. Think about that. When you are tempted, like me, to just be a good person and trust that God will shine through your good deeds, 
Remember that those good deeds in Jesus' name are wonderful, but alone they are empty. You need to share with others the thing you are an expert on. You need to share with others Jesus' all-changing presence in your own life. Now this is hard. And this is intimidating. And so it's times like this that I turn to ducks. It's true, I do. Soren Kierkegaard tells a tale about a make-believe country where only ducks live. One Sunday morning, all the ducks come into church, and they waddle down the aisle, and they get into their pews, and they squat. Then the duck minister took his place behind the pulpit, opened up the duck Bible, and read, Ducks, you have wings, and with wings you can fly like eagles. You can soar into the sky. Use your wings, ducks, use your wings. And the ducks yelled, Amen. And then they waddled home. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, let us be faithful apprentices of Jesus Christ. Let our faith be more than a hearty Amen and a waddle out of the church. God so loved us. This is the truth, isn't it? God so loved us that he took our death penalty. He took our punishment. He took our sin to make a way for us to be with God for eternity. And brothers and sisters, hear this and believe this and own this truth. Because Jesus gave his life for us, we owe him our lives. That truth, that knowledge gives us wings to soar like eagles, to go and share the good news with others. Why waddle when we can soar? Jesus said, go, make disciples. But don't stress, I am with you. I will be with you forever, all the days until all of time is over. You are not alone. And so this week and in the weeks to come, when a co-worker needs an encouraging word, share a little bit about how Jesus saw you through a difficult time. When a person down on their luck asks for help, follow Jesus' teaching. Share a bit of your faith. Give them a cup of water and share some of your experience. You are, after all, an expert. When a friend is struggling with divorce or grief, talk about how your church family was there for you and how Jesus helped you in your darkest days. Then invite your friend to come and see for herself. How many of you came to this church because somebody invited you? Yeah. We want to grow. We want more people to know what's happening here in this church we need to share Jesus Christ with them and invite them to experience Jesus for themselves. You see, we are seldom called into our comfort zone. Talking about something as personal as our faith is not comfortable. But I think there are two ways we can make this a more feasible task. First, practice. Practice telling others about your faith journey by sharing it in Bible study or Sunday school with your friends at Senior Lunch Bunch or at the Owls Christmas in July. Talk to your fellow mission team members 
or your friends in youth group. Share faith stories at home over dinner with your family. Practice talking to other Christians about your own faith experience. And the more you practice talking about it, the easier it will become. We are the body of Christ here, and we are the body of Christ for the world, but here together, we can work on this together. Share your faith stories with one another. Practice. The second way this can be a feasible task is to pray. Pray that God will reveal to you those who need to hear about Jesus. Pray that you will be wise enough and bold enough to follow God's prompting. Pray that you will remember that Jesus is walking with you. So, brothers and sisters, fellow waddlers that have been given wings, let us practice and pray. And then let us heed Jesus' words and make disciples. Go. Don't dawdle and don't waddle. Soar. And go make disciples in all that you do. And remember, Jesus is with you always to the very end. Amen.